Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout, and I am the host of the Pro Football Scouting Show, joined back by uh, my usual co-host, Austin Smith, today. We are also joined by the producer of Pigskin Nut Radio, Josh Davis, uh, as well as one of our new analysts, David Sailors. And uh, I am excited to really talk about what we're doing here is, um, you know, we're going to give you over the next month. We are going to give you uh, an article and a radio show slash podcast, giving you a training camp preview, an in-depth training camp preview of all of all thirty of all thirty-two NFL teams. Uh, I'm excited that we have the chance to do that, and this is why you know we are we are the football news you've been missing because we give you the information you need about every team, and we do it in an in an in-depth manner. Um, and uh, just just excited that we're at this time of the year when we can actually start we can actually start looking ahead and see hey training camp is not far away it's one month away and you know preseason to the regular season it goes by pretty quickly from there um and uh this was you know uh me being 37 years old this was one of the most exciting off seasons uh that i've seen for the nfl so uh this particularly i mean yeah we're excited for every single nfl season but when you look at all all the roster shakeups and the trades and you know quarterback controversy, uh, you know in the draft, um, all these things, I think you know when you're looking at uh, the NFL season from the perspective of just the narrative, uh, this is definitely one of the one of the more interesting seasons that we're heading into. Guys, this show is brought to you by PigskinNutRadio.com. It is the soon-to-be undisputed king of football radio. Whether you're driving to work, on lunch break, driving home, or just having a nice, relaxing evening, it's always better when you're getting your football fix. Whether it's breaking down players in the pro football scouting show, tuning into controversial topics and debates on football roundtable, discussing classic football players and topics on wide right, or even exclusive shows where we we give you uh, a show on each NFL team, which is what we're striving for right now. Uh, Currently, we have podcasts featuring the New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. Today, we're actually covering the NFC East, so excited to do that. Uh, Also, we're going to be soon having podcasts on the Cleveland Browns, Kansas City Chiefs, Denver Broncos, um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Guys, this is the future of football radio. Make pigskinnut.com and pigskinnutradio.com your ultimate source for football news and radio. It's the football news and radio you've been missing. Well, this is this is an interesting show today because um, today, you know, we're starting out by giving our training camp previews for all the teams in the in the NFC East. So um, representing the Philly Convo 
uh, and that's Philly C O N V O. Uh, that is our that is our Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Is actually the producer of Pigskin Nut Radio, uh, Josh Davis. Joining us as well is the host of the Big D Beatdown, also a co-host here on the Pro Football Scouting Show. And the Big D Beatdown is our pod is our Cowboys podcast. Again, we have Austin Smith, uh, and then we do have David David Sailors, um, who who is coming to us and, and likely going to be covering. Uh, the Rams and and the Patriots. Um, and, uh, you know, the one thing, you know, you'll like about David is that, you know, if you like, if you like X's and O's um, and you like talking about the nuts and bolts of the game, um, you know, I think, you know, you'll like to hear his perspective. So uh, I'm going to let uh, everyone just kind of, I'm just going to let David say hello for a quick 30 seconds to a minute. Let him tell you uh, a little bit about himself and why he's so passionate about the game. And, uh, you know, uh, the kind of stuff he likes to report on. So, uh, David, uh, say hello to everyone. Hey, how you doing? Uh, this is David Sailors. <clears throat> I'm going to be covering uh, a lot of things, but mostly uh, the Patriots and the Rams, your um, repeat Super Bowl matchup for this year. Write that down. Um, I'm a huge football head, I'll tell you what. My whole life's been centered around it, and it's, uh, it's honestly – I just love that it brings people a lot closer. You know what I mean? So it's very intellectual and uh, I, I just go crazy for it. So that's, I mean, that's about all I got to say. Very good. Well, hey, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, Josh and Austin, are, are you guys ready, ready to butt heads today? Because I, I know, hey, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm in, I'm in this battle too. But you guys, you guys are ready to talk Guys, ready to talk training camp for Eagles and Cowboys? I was gonna let uh, let Austin go on and speak on that, and all you got was a little bit of silence, so that was kind of perfect. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm always ready to talk Eagles football, uh, especially what we've got going on uh, so far this summer. So it's uh it's real exciting to get into. Yeah, and I'm 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 definitely excited to talk about the Cowboys today. Now, as far as butting heads, I don't get the luxury to uh, butt heads with Josh, seeing as how he is the producer to our shows, uh, and I really don't want him replacing me with the sound from the Peanuts show, you know, on the Big D beatdown. So, uh, so there is no butting heads. Josh does no wrong, uh, and and I'll just leave it at that. Wah 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 wah. In, cl- in case there's anybody out there that doesn't know the sound that he's referring to from the Peanuts uh, old cartoon. I, I forget we've got a variety of, 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 of listeners when it comes to age on our shows, but yes, that is exactly what I was referring to. <laughs> all, all, all right. So, so I, I see, I see you, you guys are off to your, your usual, usual hugging friendly start. So, uh, Austin, you know, we're, we're going to let you kick things off and, uh, you know, you know, and, and, you know, in terms of what we want to cover today, um, it's really, it's really going to be focusing on how they did, you know, how they did last year, a preview into this year and really going into, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of the nitty gritty things that we want to cover, cover in training camp and specifically, uh, summing up last season, you know, previewing, you know, the, the training camp and really discussing, you know, what's going to be their strategy? Um, have we seen some guys in minicamp that have stood out? Who might be up and coming on this team? Uh, position battles we can look at. 
And uh, what does this team need to have to be a? To, what does this team need to do to really say that they had a successful training camp? So, uh, Austin, I'm going to let you kick things off on your Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and, you know, uh, for all the listeners out there, I just want to remind them, uh, we do three shows a week on the Big D Beatdown. We've already covered a lot of things that we're expecting uh, going into training camp, as well as some of the things that uh, we've seen in, in OTAs and minicamp and, and the draft and the offseason free agency. So, uh, you know, don't forget to check out the Big D Beatdown three times a week. Um, and you know, and let's, let's, let's get into the Cowboys, you know, they're coming off a 10 and six season last year, won the division, um, lost in the divisional round to the LA Rams. And, you know, for, uh, for many people, you know, they, they remember the Cowboys kind of as a tale of, of two seasons because we started the season off three and five with a stagnant offense that could run the football, but really couldn't get any consistency in the passing game. And then all of a sudden, you know, we give up a first round pick for Amari Cooper, and the season just completely turns around. We won seven of our last eight games. Uh, things started to really open up in our offense. And, uh, and you know, and, and we, we've even played, you know, the Rams pretty tough in that divisional game, uh, you know, to have a chance to go to an NFC championship for the first time in, in over 20 years. So, I mean, it, it was a strong season, but obviously, uh, you know, Jason Garrett has not been given a contract extension. His contract's up at the end of the year, so uh, so it, it, it's obvious to to many of us in Cowboys Nation that hey, you know the the Jones family they want to see uh they want to see these Dallas Cowboys take a next step, and that's going to be a a big thing going into uh to this season is is how do we take the next step? Because I can promise you right now. Uh, we can't afford to have another slow start like we did last year. And I know that a lot of that had to do with, you know, Jason Witten retiring, Des Bryant, you know, being let go and just not having a ton of familiarity with our, you know, player, our, our personnel that were in the, the passing game. But, uh, but I can tell you this, six of our final eight games on this 2019 schedule are the Minnesota Vikings. We go to New England. We go to Chicago. We play the Rams. We go to Philly. And then we close out against the Washington Redskins. You know, six of our last eight games are going to be extremely, extremely challenging against all teams that I think are going to be right in the thick of things, uh, you know, when it comes to the playoff hunt this year. So, you know, the Dallas Cowboys cannot afford another three and five start like they did last year. Otherwise, we're going to be missing the playoffs. So uh, going into that, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the things we've seen so far. And, uh, and, and you know, the first thing I know a lot of Cowboy fans have heard about is, is Kellen Moore, you know, becoming the new offensive coordinator. Scott Linehan is out. That stagnant offense, you know, hopefully has been left behind. And, uh, and we're getting a, a fresh young Mind somebody who's been a part of this team for quite a while as a backup quarterback last year as a quarterback coach and now finally jumping into that offensive coordinator role and uh, and we're really excited to see you know how he revamps this passing attack you know this run game is going to be good I think everybody across the NFL knows that this offensive line is one of the best in football and that Ezekiel Elliott as long as he's healthy that he is one of the toughest running backs in the league to stop. You know, so how, how do we build on that? How do we, you know, make this offense whole and kind of come up with a passing attack that mirrors that running, that rushing attack that everybody fears? 
Uh, and, you know, Kellen Moore's coming in. We're hearing a lot of things out of OTAs and minicamp that are talking about how aggressive he's been. And another name I want to throw out there is John Kitna. And like I say, Cowboy fans, if you if you haven't been paying attention to offseason, you know, workouts, John Kitna has come back from his high school coaching job and he has become this team's quarterback coach. And he's kind of taking Dak Prescott back to school a little bit with his mechanics and his footwork. And all of a sudden we're hearing we're hearing words when describing Dak Prescott like zip and deep ball and accuracy. Guys, if you're a Cowboy fan, you haven't heard those words. You know, you haven't heard those words when it's talk, talking about Dak Prescott's passing ability in quite a while. I mean, he's been here three, three years. We've never had, you know, an offense that really pushed the ball down the field in those three years. So the idea that Dak Prescott is getting more velocity on his balls with some of these changes, uh, he's getting a little bit more accurate, and they're having more success getting the ball down the field, I think is... Uh, is huge news for a fan base that really, really wants to see this offense become whole. Um, and that's that's going to be a big deal going into training camp, is not only seeing the improvement in the passing game, but also just Kellen Moore's play calling in general. Hey, last year there was a time when the Cowboys don't go for it on fourth down in overtime against the Houston Texans. They punt it, Houston goes down, wins the football game, and everybody's yelling at Jason Garrett about how conservative he is. Well, Kellen Moore has had a very aggressive approach during these summer offseason workouts and these camps and these uh, organized team activities. So, you know, very excited, you know, to 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 kind of get an idea in training camp of what this offense is going to be. You know, for those of y'all who remember Kellen Moore and his time at Boise State, this is a resourceful guy. This is a guy that, you know, when he was at Boise State, hey, they had a lot of tricks up their sleeve. Anybody remember that uh, Statue of Liberty play, you know, against the Oklahoma Sooners in the uh, Fiesta Bowl? Those are some of the things yeah. that we're kind of <laughs> – yeah, absolutely. You know, those are some of the things that we are are tr- hoping to see. Now, obviously, I don't I don't mean, you know, the, the off-the-wall trick plays but yes we're wanting to see that kind of aggression that kind of uh, creativity and that's going to be one of the most uh one of the biggest storylines heading into training camp now another thing i want to talk about you know and i'm going to bring up now is 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 injuries because the cowboys have some players coming off surgeries and they have some veterans who've been known to to nurse some injuries throughout the season and and obviously we've got some guys coming back like a travis frederick who didn't even play last year. So, you know, training camp's going to offer that opportunity now. Jason, or I beg your pardon, Coach Garrett, you know, he he basically told everybody at the end of minicamp, you know, at this point, we are expecting to have everybody on the field ready to go by training camp, with the exception of Demarcus Lawrence, who's rehabbing his shoulder from his shoulder surgery, and Byron Jones, who was rehabbing from his hip surgery. Now, those are two important pieces to the defense, but we've been assured that they are going to be ready at some point during training camp and should be, uh, you know, 100% ready to go when the season starts week one. But, you know, hey, through OTAs— let me, let, me ask, let me ask you this, Austin. Yeah, um, go right ahead. You, t- you talked about this. You know, Dak, Dak Prescott and 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 some and some of the and some of the some of the things that he needs to do, some of the changes that he's, you know, making. You know, and and, and yeah, no, I mean, it, it feels like just yes, it feels like just yesterday that I, that you know I was watching John Kitna play for the Bengals, and I think Kellen Moore he was competing for the 
I remember the, the Jets backup position a while ago, if I'm remembering correctly. But, um, you know, we, you, you, talk, you, talked about, you talked about this team needing, you know, this team, team needing to mirror what they're doing in their passing game to be similar, you know, to, to get the kind of explosion they would get out of their running game. I mean, who needs who, who which of these receivers need, needs to step up, you know, because you have you have Randall Cobb coming there. Um, you know, you have Michael Gallup at a at a at a Boise State, a good physical receiver who's a great ball tracker. Um, going going into his second year, um, you know how much how much are those guys? How important are they? You know, to the success of that entire offense, and not having it be where where he's just relying on on Amari Cooper. Well, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll correct you real quick. Uh, Colorado State was Michael Gallup. Our other receiver Colorado we drafted, State. Cedric Wilson, was Boise State last year. But yeah. but I'll, I'll say this much, Steve, and this is something, once again, for, for all the Cowboy fans that have been paying attention during OTAs and minicamp, uh, we really, I mean, it, it's not so much that we need guys to step up as much as we just needed guys to get their, their timing down with Dak Prescott. I mean, going into last year with Jason Witten and Des Bryant gone, we had a rookie in Michael Gallup. We had our only veteran who played the full season was Cole Beasley. Terrence Williams played a few games and was gone. None of these tight ends had caught more than 16 passes from Dak Prescott and Blake Jarwin, Jeff Swaim, and Dalton Schultz. You know, we uh, Alan Hearns comes in. He's never played with Dak Prescott before. Tavon Austin comes in. He's never played with Dak Prescott before. Noah Brown's a second-year player who, in his first year, really was more of a blocking receiver and a special teams guy and didn't get a lot of uh, reps during training camp because of an injury. So, you know, more than anything, it was about chemistry. When we saw that, because Michael Gallup took off down the second half of the season and his final game of the year against the Rams in the playoffs was his best when he went for six catches and over a hundred yards and a touchdown against the Rams in that playoff game. And, you know, Blake Jarwin tied in a receiving tight end, you know, he really kind of started to get his footing down the schedule. He put up a historical cowboy performance in that final game of the regular season against the giants. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're talking about a guy who went for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. Hey, you, you think about some of the great tight ends in Cowboys history. None of them have three touchdown catches in a game. And and so, you know, Blake Jarwin, Michael Gallup, these guys, you know, it's it's just that offseason working with them, you know, and being able to kind of just continue to get better at the timing. And for the, you know, that that's, that's what we've been hearing out of OTAs is that Michael Gallup is on Dak Prescott's hip all the time. Hey, bud, what did you see? You know, was I late in the progression? Was I early? Was I late with my timing? Was I early? You know, you know, how, how can I get better? How can I get better? We've heard that about Blake Jarwin with Jason Witten back, you know, Blake Jarwin, Hey, but you know, he's wanting to learn everything he can, you know, from, from Jason Witten to be able to come a better tight end, you know, and then you talk about a veteran like Randall Cobb coming in, and just absolutely fitting like a glove. And, you know, for, for a lot of us, when they made that signing, a lot of us thought, oh, you know, Randall Cobb, eh? in, often injured, you know, Green Bay finally threw in the towel on him. And, you know, he, he'll be somebody that can at least fill the role of a slot receiver for this year, you know. But let me tell you something. He has come in and picked up this playbook, like, right off the bat. 
And I mean, throughout OTAs, this was a guy who not only was filling the shoes of a Cole Beasley, but he was even expanding that role a little bit. This is a guy that him and Dak Prescott hit it off instantly. And suddenly you look at the Michael Gallup chemistry that is just continuing to grow. It, you look at Amari Cooper, who will now, once again, another guy who's got more and more chemistry with Dak Prescott after only being with him for half a season last year. You know, that's the biggest thing is that these guys have had a full off season to all work with each other after, you know, many of them were just getting introduced to Dak Prescott last year around this time. And so, you know, that's really going to to help, you know, this passing game without any of the changes. So, you know, that's my big thing about this receiving group is, is, you know, these guys, Hey, you know, obviously, of course we want guys to step up and, and we've got Michael Gallup as one of our breakout candidates for the 2019 season, but more than anything, it's just about everybody getting on the same page and throughout OTAs and minicamp, we were hearing a lot about how that was starting to happen, you know, with Dak Prescott and these wide receivers. Um, and, and the good news and, and what I was kind of getting into before, before that was, you know, injuries. And that's been the good news for the wide receiver position. Outside of Alan Hearns, we haven't had to deal with any uh, injuries at the wide receiver position. So everybody's been there and everybody's been getting better. And we've been hearing younger players like John Vea Johnson, who has looked absolutely explosive in practice compared to, you know, a lot of our veteran receivers. This guy's flying around the football field, making plays uh, a little bit on uh, undersized, uh, kind of somewhat similar to what you think we, we should be getting out of Tavon Austin. But uh, this kid has really turned some heads early. Jalen Guyton, another undrafted kid, has been turning some heads with how explosive he looks. He's a little bit more physical. He's probably a little bit closer to the skill set of Michael Gallup, but another guy that's really looked sharp. And then, you know, uh, then we turn around and, and, and you know, you, you get the guy that, that, you know, I was talking about earlier from Boise State, Cedric Wilson, back after sitting out his rookie year. So that's another thing we'll be looking forward to training camp at all the other positions is, hey, some of these offensive linemen that sat out for precautionary reasons, some of these linebackers and defensive linemen that sat out for precautionary reasons, you know, now we're going to get everybody back. Like I say, outside of Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Murphy or Byron Jones, everybody is coming back for the start of training camp healthy and ready to help, you know, this team, you know, in a winning effort in 2019. And that's going to create a ton of competition. And that's one of the 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 keys that I think the Cowboys need going into training camp is we need championship depth. That's one of the things that I think the Cowboys have to have coming out of training camp. We need this deep group of defensive linemen to kind of find its way. And if you want to hear a breakout candidate, everybody knows the Cowboys drafted Tristan Hill in the second round. Let me tell you something. Malik Collins is still here for one more year. And he has been chomping at the bit for training camp to start. I mean, OTAs, minicamp, this guy has looked like he is inspired, motivated, ready to go. And that has been huge you know, for this defensive line, because now we're not just talking about having one three technique that can have an impact. We've got two. We've got Antoine Woods returning. We don't know what the situation with Randy Gregory is going to turn up. We don't know if he's going to be suspended for 
four games or an entire season. We're still waiting to hear a word on that. But, you know, Robert Quinn and Tyron Smith have been going at it every rep throughout minicamp and OTAs. Can't wait for them to put pads on now and do that in training camp. Durant's Armstrong, a young guy that is stepping up and looking like a much different player from his rookie year. You know, uh, undrafted guys like Daniel Weiss, who's coming out and is really making a name for himself as a defensive tackle. A veteran like Kerry Hyder, who has come out and showed versatility. And not only that, has showed us that, hey, I can actually be an asset just as a, as a, as a defensive end. I'm not somebody who can back up multiple positions. I'm somebody that can help on the field as a defensive end on passing downs. He's really looked motivated out there in OTAs in minicamp. You know, that's the, that's the thing. When you get to naming eight, nine, ten guys at a position and you're only looking at keeping eight of them, you know, that's when you start looking at those last three fighting for a job and you start, you know, they start looking across the, the, the room at each other before they go out on the practice field knowing that, hey, I got to outdo that guy. I got If that guy's stepping up his game, I got to step it up that much more if I'm going to make this roster. And that's what leads to championship depth. And it's not just the defensive line. The offensive line is extremely deep. Our wide receivers, I've, we've named as many as nine or ten in our shows on the Big D Beatdown of guys that could make this roster, even if we only keep five. You know, that's a lot of depth. And even in our secondary, and, and once again, another player that's got some motivation just tattooed on him is Jordan Lewis. This is a guy that last year when the Cowboys needed against the Saints, he lined up across Alvin Kamara and he shut him down as a receiver. He did not allow him to have that typical, you know, eight, nine catch performance where teams are just pulling their hair out, trying to account for him no matter where he's lined up. No, Jordan Lewis is a guy that knows that Anthony Brown, our other nickel corner, is in a contract here. And Jordan Lewis has heard all the talk about how, you know, Chris Richard's new system wants tall corners with long arms, you know, and, and Jordan Lewis has neither. He's more of a, a nickel slot guy, but Jordan Lewis doesn't care. He's ready to break the mold. And I tell you, he's been out there competing every day against some of our top receivers with Cheeto and Byron Jones, both out sitting out most of the minicamp and OTAs with injuries. You know, he's out there competing against the ones and he looks like he is poised for a breakout season. So, you know, when you, t you talk about the depth that this team currently has, you know, hey, that's great. We're going to have good players throughout our 53-man roster. But the training camp experience does more than that. Hey, when when you've got, like I say, four or five receivers repeating, competing for one or two jobs, when you've got three corners competing for one job, when you've got three, four defensive linemen competing for a final spot, that process of competing throughout training camp makes them all better. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to kind of mold your your roster the way you want it. Hey, you know, I mentioned Anthony Brown. This is a guy who's in his final year of his contract. If these corners pan out the way everybody thinks they can, and I'm not just talking about the starters in Cheeto and Byron, and I'm not just talking about Jordan Lewis, the draft pick Michael ja uh, Jackson, the second-year player Donovan Alumba, Chris Westry, our undrafted free agent who's had an outstanding you know, start to his career in Dallas throughout the camp process. You know, these guys, if these guys continue to show things, now all of a sudden Anthony Brown becomes a little bit of a luxury. And maybe 
at the waiver before the waiver wire comes on, you know, cut down day, somebody gives you a call and says, Hey, would a fifth round pick be enough to, to get you to, you know, send him our way. That way we don't have to compete with somebody on the waiver wire for a corner. And all of a sudden now you're turning that depth into added value with draft picks. And like I say, it's it's just that's what championship teams do. That's what they target in training camp is guys that can compete at the end of the make that ro- at the end of that roster that can absolutely push each other to get better. And then all of a sudden you've got more players than you know what to do with on your hands. Now you're getting draft picks for them. Now you're you're substituting a big contract for a cheap young player, you know, who you think can give you just as much. That is championship depth, and that's what the Cowboys need if we're going to take that next step. And, you know, in closing, you know, if, if, if this is going to be a successful training camp for the Dallas Cowboys, A, We need to come out of it healthy. We're going into it pretty darn healthy. We need to come out of it healthy. B, we need to see some of those things that you asked about, uh, Steve, you know, with Dak Prescott and these receivers. We need to see this passing game take a step in the right direction. And like I say, we've got to get that championship depth. And and I'll throw this in there, too. If you're looking for a storyline, and this isn't exactly a training camp storyline, it's a a storyline today, you know, leading up to training camp. It's how are we going to get these contracts doled out? Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott have both been having talks. Their agents have been having talks with the Cowboys. Hey, we got to get this process rolling because it's not just Amari and Dak. It's guys like Ezekiel Elliott. It's guys like Byron Jones. It's guys like Lyle Collins, Malik Collins, Jalen Smith. Guys, these are big names that play important roles on this team, and we can't afford to pay them all. But I'll tell you, when a guy like Carson Wentz goes and gets signed ahead of a Dak Prescott, it drives Dak Prescott's price tag up. Before that, we were thinking Dak was going to get somewhere around 30, 31 million. Well, Carson Wentz gets 32. Now that's where Dak's team starts negotiating. Hey, we're starting at 32. How many game, more games has Dak won than Carson Wentz? How many more passes has he completed? How many more Pro Bowls has he made? How many more playoff games has he won? You know, and... All of a sudden, all the things that he's done better start driving that price tag up, even if, the truth be told, they're very equivalent players in a lot of people's minds. So, you know, at least to this point in their career. So, you know, we've got to start getting ahead of it. Hey, Michael Thomas is out there looking for a new contract at receiver. I'd much rather get Amari Cooper signed before Michael Thomas drives that price tag up because Michael Thomas is probably going to set the new mark for wide receivers with all the success he's had early in his career. I don't want him to get pay overpaid so much that now it just drives Amari Cooper's contract up by comparison. And, 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 and just like I say, trickles down Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to be the next, you know, running back. We've already saw Le'Veon Bell get paid for Zeke Elliott did Todd Gurley. Obviously we couldn't have paid Zeke at that point, but Todd Gurley's already set the market a year ago. So, We've got to start getting some of these guys before the price tags continue to grow like they did with Demarcus Lawrence. When we we called, we, we franchise tagged him, said prove it another year, he proved it. 
and his price tag went up. And who knows, you know, if that happens with a Dak Prescott or a, uh, an Amari Cooper, it could cost you a guy like Jalen Smith or Lyle Collins, you know, or, or Byron Jones. So we've got to start getting some of these going now. That's going to be extremely important, not just for training camp, but in these four or five weeks leading up to training camp, that's going to be a big, big narrative for Cowboy fans in order to keep as much of this core together as we possibly can. Thank you for sharing all, all of that, Austin. And uh, for those of you that want to hear more of Austin's analysis, you know, if, if you are one of those people, meaning, you know, Cowboys fan, uh, you can check out his podcast uh, along with Ken and Ty on the Big D Beatdown, uh, where they talk exclusively Dallas Cowboys football. Uh, you know, this year, you know, has this NFL season has not begun yet, which means that it's, it's still a really good time to learn about the incoming draft class. Uh, you know, you can check out past episodes that Austin and I have done leading up to the NFL draft where we give you scouting reports on several different players uh, and give you really what I, be- what I believe is, from both of us, a bit of a unique perspective on a lot of these players. Um, so definitely go, go back and go back and check those out. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and then uh, I am, I am going to get the opportunity to talk about my team the New York football giants and what I'm expecting from them in their 2019 training camp. We'll be right back here on the pro football scouting show. All right, so we're back here, you know, and I have the opportunity now to talk about uh, the New York Giants. Uh, for those of you who have not heard it yet, uh, I do have a podcast, uh, which is now gonna, now on Pigskin Nut Radio. And again, you can find us at pigskinnutradio.com, uh, which is called Scouting Giants. And what I'm going to be focusing on from, from leading up to now, uh, really, really up until the season starts, uh, is giving you scouting reports uh, on as many players on the team uh, as I as I can. Um, you know, f- for those of you that you know have listened to uh, my past my past shows here on the Pro Football Scouting Show, uh, even if even if you are not a Giants fan, you know, do check out the episodes because if you do like uh, the scouting aspect and you know how I deliver that, um, definitely might be some players in the Giants that you're interested uh, in hearing about. You know how I how I break them down, but. Looking at the Giants' 2018 season, um, it was it was really you know when you look at it, um, it was it was a season of disappointment. It really was, um, you know, not as bad as the previous season, but definitely a season of disappointment. Eli Manning he struggled behind uh, a struggling offensive line most of the season, but when you go back and look at the tape. A lot of it was not his fault. Uh, much of it was his fault, but ultimately, you know, um, his his play his play was vastly different when he was protected. Um, vastly different. And I, I've said this before. Um, he's one of those guys that he really gets into habits. Um, when he's protected, um, a lot of the bonehead stuff that you know he stop he stops doing it, but. You know, him more so than other quarterbacks, I see him very commonly 
get into bad habits when he's not protected. And, you know, if you ask me, you know, he's always been a very good NFL quarterback, but even being a lifelong Giants fan, um, you know, having a, having a Giants tattoo in my left arm, having an Eli Manning jersey, really loving Eli Manning in terms of what he's what he's brought to this, what he's brought to the team, and and you know, even even me in terms in terms of just happiness and seeing them win. But he's never really been elite. I mean, let's let's be honest. Um, you know, um, when you look at a guy like an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes. Those guys aren't getting protected. I mean, when have you seen Aaron Rodgers have a really, really down year? I mean, you typically don't see it. But, but I'll say this: um, Eli Manning, you know, f- from his play, you know, even even throughout the regular season, he's a he, he. In my opinion, has always been a very good NFL quarterback. He's definitely had some some bad phases, some bad times. But overall, I mean, if you look at the totality of it, pretty good. Uh, the brightest spot of the Giants season last year was unquestionably Saquon Barkley. He's he's the closest thing to a bigger Barry Sanders that I've ever seen. Uh, I think Saquon has the potential to become one of the five best running backs in NFL history. Here's why. His body is built to last. Um, you know, when you look at his body, the way his body functions and moves, and you, and you look at his, at his size, um, he just... And you even look at, at his at his flexibility and, and his mobility, um, you know, to me, um, you know, I just something tells me that, you know, despite, you know, how I mean, look, it's the NFL. Everyone gets injured. But I think, honestly, you're going to see him built to last. And I think that there's a good chance you'll see 12 to 15 seasons of, of over a thousand yards from Saquon. Look, the Giants struggling offensive line last year. It started to play better towards the end of the year. And, you know, it it could honestly be one of the biggest, when you look at the Giants offensive line from last year, and then you look at it, what it's going to be in 2019, I think it could be one of the biggest turnarounds that we see for a, for a position group. Because you, you you look at it at their offensive line across the board. Uh, Nate Soldier, you know, coming coming off the surgery recently, um, you know, it wasn't listed, but I mean, he was playing with, with a pretty jacked up ankle for 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 a lot of the year. There were times during the year where he did start to play better, but um, you know, that's 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 the one thing that you have to look at. Obviously, you know, when you're when you're when you're scouting is you know taking things into context because um, you know, look, I, I can show you two seasons of 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 uh, Darius Geis in college where you know one he was dealing with you know, some injury issues and one, and one he wasn't. And I mean, you know, you'll see different speed, but at the end of the day, um, I think, you know, we should give Nate soldier a little bit more time towards the end of the year. Will Hernandez, um, their, their rookie guard, um, you know, they got, they got in the second round. He's, he's, he started to, he started to play a lot better. And, uh, you know, not, not, not only that, you know, he started, he, he not only started to play a lot better, but he started to look like one of the really good guards in the game. Um, John Halapio, their center, he, he, he improved as time went on. Another guy, another guy that really, he dealt with some injuries, but he also really had a big rookie year, but got better towards the end of the year was Evan Ingram. You look at, you look at the Giants offense, despite their offense not being functional. And I'll tell you, Eli Manning, although, you know, we get, you know, I think we need to look at his tape last year in context, in context. He didn't help them. He didn't help them win games either. Let's just be honest about it. But, you know, you started to see that there were times, despite the Giants' season not ending off, not ending 
off, you know, on a good note that their offense, you know, was functional. And, and I think, you know, going, going in, going into this year, um, you know, the biggest thing that everyone's going to be talking about is really going to be, you know, what is, what is the timeline now for Eli Manning in New York? Um, you know, is he going to play, you know, is he going to play another full season? I'll tell you this, what I, what I believe is going to happen is that he's going he's going to be on, look, um, the mystique of him having, you know, not uh, of him having, you know, those consecutive starts, it's over. I mean, you know, that, that already ended with, with Geno Smith and all that, but, um, you, you're, you still, you still would be making a statement if you pulled him at some point this year for, for Daniel Jones. And I believe that if they want to do this, the classy way, and it seems like it's heading towards this is that they are going to have, you know, a full on quarterback competition come, come training camp. And, and the reports, the reports out of OTAs from Daniel Jones have been stellar. There's one independent source that actually said uh, he is he is this is the best I've ever seen. An unknown source, I don't know who it is, but um, read about it, and he says this is this is the best Giants rookie I've ever seen come into the building. Um, you look at Golden Tate, you look at Evan Ingram, um, you know, you look at um, you know. Even even offensive coordinator, even 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 the offensive coordinator Mike Shula. How many times are we hearing now that he's ready to he's ready to start week one? Uh, you know he's getting he's getting rave reviews out of there, and you know ultimately you know when you look at when you when you look at Daniel Jones, you know what he brings to the table is 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 a lot is a lot of is a lot of intelligence, good good field vision, and an, and an arm. Um, that, you know, if you're a smart enough quarterback, because that is the most important thing, an arm that, that's still good enough, you know, to get it done. And, uh, you know, in terms of his in terms of his arm strength, um, you know, when I first scouted him, I was a little bit disappointed in, in the amount of zip he had on the ball for a guy as big as him. Um, but I did start to see a lot more times that, you know, when he had when he had to make that kind of throw, he could make it. He didn't have Dwayne Haskins arm. Uh, that's that's, you know, I. I don't wouldn't put him in that category, but when you saw that he had to hit a guy 60 yards downfield in stride, um, you know, he was, he was able to do it very well. And I saw him do that consistently. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be, you know, the biggest, you know, narrative, obviously um, looking, looking at, you know, how the giants are, are going to, are going to try to run things in training camp. You know, you always want to go back and look at, you know, who's calling the plays. You look at Pat Shermer, um, he's part of the Andy Reid coaching tree, that West Coast offense. I mean, everyone has a West Coast offense now, but there's certainly certainly a good amount of spread, a good amount of uh, spread concepts. Um, you know, you'll see, you know, like the old nerve nerve Turner, you know, vertical passing game style. But, you know, a lot of three receiver sets, you know, the Giants, um, you know, they also, you know, since Shermer has come in, they've had more run pass options. But um, I, I think when you when you look at when you look at the Giants offense, they should be more functional because this is year two under the coach. And, you know, I think the second year typically, you know, historically we see it does it does make a difference. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. But the way they were playing last year, I felt like, you know, that they would be able to improve uh, in year two and that the offense, you know, would be, you know, would be overall on an uptick. Uh, you look. You look at how the Giants call things defensively. Um, their defensive coordinator is James Betcher. Uh, he's a he's a guy that you know. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it you know a three four defense because he gives 
so many so many different looks. But one thing he does is that uh, he blitzes so he blitzes so often. I mean, you can look at it. You know, when he's with the Cardinals, he was um, one of the one of the highest um, highest ranked. Um, you know, in terms of percentage of plays that he was blitzing when he was with the Cardinals, and same thing with the Giants. Um, and you know what happens is you know teams start to set up their offensive plays to counter the blitz, and you know that gives you another advantage right there. I mean, I think um, you know the problem with the Giants is that we all know it; they struggled to get to the quarterback last year. Um, and you know if you if you hear it from fans and people that follow the team, uh, most people are going to say that you know when you when you look at them. Um, as a team, you know, the number one thing that they needed to get better at outside of, you know, getting your future quarterback was adding an edge rusher. Um, probably maybe the most desired position among the fan base. And 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 the eyes of a lot of Giants fans, uh, they feel like they don't have anyone right now. Uh, they really feel like they don't have anyone right now that can be that stalwart edge rusher um, because everyone's saying they didn't make a big move in free agency. Um, they didn't draft a guy in the first couple rounds, um, you know, you know, and, and there's a number of people that feel they haven't really addressed uh, this area of concern. And, and I'll I'll say while that may be true to a degree, uh, you know, part of what I'll say here is that you want to take a second look at who the Giants have on their roster to rush the passer. Uh, Marcus Golden, you know, he he had 12 sacks two years ago in Betcher's defense. He's been he's been injured since then. He is not. He's not been fully healthy, and that's been very well noted. Um, he's um, he's a guy that you know did great in Betcher's defense. He was played 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 with plays with a lot of aggression. So um, you know, I think when you look at at him in that attacking defense, that could be schematically a good fit. You look at uh, O'Shane Zimenez, um, who the, who the Giants took in one of the middle rounds. I think it was third or fourth round, but. Um, I, I thought he was one of the best bull rushers in that draft last year. Uh, the previous year, you know, they took Lorenzo Carter from Georgia. Um, and, you know, if you're going to look at um, when you look at how many how often he was on the field and look at his um, production and how he how he looked on tape. I mean, he was one of one of probably maybe the top five or six best rookie edge rushers um, when you when you saw him last year. And, and I think, um, you know, Ultimately, um, you know the big things that we're hearing. Yeah, it's it's going to be Daniel Jones and Eli Manning, uh, but there's there's a lot of up and coming players um, that that are that are on this team. But I think you know just kind of going head to toe. Um, the biggest things that, that I think are going to make the difference is that above anything else, um, it's going to make everyone it's it's going to make everything function better for them. Is that their offensive line um, is drast is drastically different because. You have Nate Soldier, who will be healthy. You have Will Hernandez, who is evolving as the year went on. You have John Jalapio, who is getting better as the year went on. You brought in Kevin Zeitler, um, one of one of the top one of the top guards, you know, in in the in the NFL. And you know they've brought in depth at, at right tackle as well. So um, you really feel that's gonna be a that's gonna be a big thing. Don't forget, you know, they do have guys like Golden Tate and you know some other you know weapons. But ultimately, um, you know, this offense. Especially if Eli Manning is the quarterback, it, it, you know everything is going to ride on Saquon Barkley. Um, you know Eli Manning; he's just you know Eli Manning. I still think he he's a worthy of being a starting NFL quarterback, but he's not. He's not. You know, look, I, I could be wrong because as I said, you know when when he gets protected, he plays better. But I think I think when you look at 
um, you know, Eli historically and just take a real look. You know, we still know he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to be the guy that's that's going to push you over the top. Um, so, so, you know, for me, it just, you know, if Daniel Jones continue, if Daniel Jones outplays him in training camp, I mean, we could, you know, we could be talking about him starting week one. Um, when you look at up and coming players, um, I think along the offensive line, you have a couple of guys there, especially, especially Will Hernandez, but you look at, you look at, you look at this defense, um, and despite right now, um, despite right now, when you, when you look at, when you look at the Giants defense, um, you don't really think of, you know, on paper, you know, one of one of the better one of the better defenses in the NFL. Um, and and I'll tell you this, you know, if you're going if you're going head to toe, you know, um, on on the Giants defense starting at the first level, um, you know, you have you have good players on there. Uh, you have um, first of all, you have B.J. Hill, who um, was one of the one of the most uh, productive, you know, three four defensive end rookies that we saw last year. Um, you know, and I, when I say productive, I'm talking about it's just specifically on the tape. But um, B.J. Hill, I mean, you know, you can look at some of the advanced stats on pro football focus and turn on the tape. Um, you know, he was a difference maker. He's, you know, um, they brought in Dexter Lawrence, who, you know, I thought despite there being a lot of really good defensive linemen in this year's draft, there weren't a lot of like zero one techniques that, you know, were 350 pounds that you know, could, could, could consistently take on double teams, um, you know, was great against run and also, you know, showed a lot of upside in terms of being able to rush the passer. So they're adding Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, when he was at Alabama, there were times where he took over games, uh, Lorenzo Carter, you know, it's been talked about he, that he really has improved over the off season. Uh, they're going to bring back, you, you know, you know, BJ Goodson and Ogletree at middle linebacker, um, and I, th- I think I think when you look at, but really, who are who are the guys that could be stars on defense? You know, it, it's it's hard to say. But when you look at them, you know, from head to toe, you know, you're adding a Marcus Golden, who you know, as I mentioned, he was good, you know, in Betcher's defense coming off, coming off of an injury. You have Lorenzo Carter, you have O'Shane Zimenez, you have guys there that can rush the passer. But I but I think if we're going to actually talk about um, the guys that are really going to become uh, maybe, maybe more of a household name. Uh, I really think that we want to look in the secondary uh, more than any other any other part of that defense. I really do um, because the Giants, you know, they used uh, a supplemental draft pick. I think it was either a second or third. They or they gave up um, last year to get Sam Beal, who uh, when you turn when you turn on the tape, you know, what do you want to see when you watch a wide receiver, you know, play man? You want to see you want to see you want to see a guy that you know. Um, it has has a as pa- as patient feet and can stay in semi 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 trail position and uh, you know do all the things that you want to see a, a cornerback do. I mean, people are talking about Sam Beal being the greatest the greatest t- supplemental draft pick in history before he's hit the field. Uh, I think I think Jabril Peppers. He reminds me a lot of a young Antrel Roll. Um, the combination of him with Antoine Bethea will be good back there. And then you have DeAndre Baker, someone that they brought in that, you know, can can play man, can play zone. He's aggressive, someone that will instantly impact them from day one. So I think between DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal um, and and Jabril Peppers, um, I think, you know, by season's end, one of those guys um, is going to make a Pro Bowl. One of them is going to be a household name. But I think even beyond that, with rookie Julian Love, 
Um, you know, Janoris Jenkins coming back. Like I said, Antoine Bethea. Um, the Giants have a very nice-looking secondary, despite them not being on the same level in terms of their front seven with the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Redskins, or the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'll, I'll say this right now. Uh, in terms of the back end of the defense, you know, I, I, look at, uh, I look at Philadelphia and the New York Giants really as being, you know, uh, the, two, the two strongest in that division. Um, look, at the end of the day, you know, a successful, you know, training camp for the New York Giants is going to look like this. Um, it's really just going to look like this. It's as, it's as simple as this. Does the, how good does the offensive line play? Because I'm going to start there. Because in terms of the offensive line, it's been a problem, I think, for about the last three or four seasons right now, in a row, consistently. And what have, we, what have, what have Giants fans heard every single time? They've heard that offensive line's not playing well in preseason. Offensive line's not playing well in training camp. We've heard that a lot. Um, I think you really want to see, you know, look, hey, I want the defense to play great. But we really need to see the offensive line, um, you know, step up. And like I said, there's a lot, a lot of new blood there, evolving players. Uh, they have the potential to do that. I think, I think if they can do that, and, and you see, you know, really someone step up as as an edge rusher, uh, whether whether it's going to be O'Shane Zimenez or Lorenzo Carter or, or Marcus Golden, hopefully, hopefully it's a few of them. If they can get, if their edge rush presence really improves along along with the offensive line. Um, that's going to open up the floodgates for the Giants, really being a team that, you know, could have may have only won five or six games to a team that could win a whole lot more. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't think I'm expecting them to make, you know, a deep, you know, deep playoff run. But I'll say this, I think Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the NFL right now. And, um, you know, and, and the Giants have, they do have weapons. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about it. But I look at, you know, um, I, I look at them and, and say, there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot of potential there, but there's still a lot of unknown. Uh, we'll, the only thing, the only thing that we'll know is that we'll know the results when, it, when, it, when they actually happen. And that's with training camp, regular season, and all that. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end with that. And uh, if you have uh, an, an interest again. And uh, following specific players, um, you know, or getting getting scouting reports on specific players on the Giants, you can check out uh, my show, which is which is Scouting Giants with me, Steve the Scout. And uh, we're going to take a uh, quick commercial break, and then we're going to hand the reins over uh, back to the guy, back to the guy who really does everything for us, and that's our radio producer, Josh Davis, who is the host of the Philly Convo. Um, up next, he's going to give us the training camp preview of the Philadelphia Eagles right here on the Pro Football Scouting Show. Welcome back to the Pro Football Scouting Show. This is uh, Steve Fishkin, a.k.a. Steve the Scout, uh, joined by uh, Josh Davis uh, and Austin Smith and uh, our newest member of Pigskin Nut Radio, uh, David Sailors. Uh, but up next, you know, we're going to have um, Josh, who is the producer of the show. Uh, you know, when you hear all the edits and everything like that, uh, he, he does it all. So we do, we just do all we just do all the talking. He does. He does a whole lot of the talking and all the editing. Um, if you want to hear uh, more from Josh, he has two shows that we can tell you about. 
Um, one one is uh, the Philly Convo, which is an exclusive podcast on the Eagles. Look, I'll say this at the end of the day, even 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 if you don't even if you hate a team, don't you want to become a more knowledgeable fan? I feel like, you know, I always want to know. I'm a Giants fan, but I always want to know what's going on around the league before I got into more into the scouting aspect of it uh, and all this stuff. You know, I always wanted to know what's going on around the league. So I'll say it's always good. There's nothing wrong with listening to to another team's podcast and just becoming more educated on what's going on around the league. So, um, you know, Josh, uh, you know, why don't you take us through uh, your preview uh, of of what you think um, training camp uh, could look like for the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, talk talk us through um, what the Eagles have have ahead of them in in camp. Uh, first off, you know, when it comes to our uh, uh, podcast, the Philly Convo, uh, we don't only uh, speak about, you know, what's going on right now. Uh, you know, there is still a lot of news. There's a lot of things going on. But we also give you a little bit of the history of the franchise. So if you're a fan, uh, maybe a newer fan, uh, a younger guy just getting into football uh, and, and you've been blessed enough to be uh, an Eagles fan, um, check us out. You'll learn a little bit about the franchise, uh, not just, you know, what's going on right now and, and what's going on in the off season. And, and like the other shows, we have three episodes a week. Uh, so you can, you can always get us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and, and we try to stay, you know, up to date with all the news, obviously, but then, you know, we'll also give you a little bit of, uh, uh we just did an episode, uh, that, that aired today on the, the greatest Eagle of our time or excuse me, greatest eagle of our of all time. We've already done, if you look back in the history, uh, me and my co-host Hunter Marchetto, uh, we gave you a, a, a list of the greatest eagles of our time, just within the time that we've been able to watch uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, check us out over there, the Philly Convo. Uh, you know, just like everything else, you can get it, you can, you can get to it from pigskinnutradio.com. Um, you know, starting out with, with what happened with us last year, one word sums it up injured uh we had injuries everywhere and we still ended up making the playoffs uh you know and we they were key positions i mean you know first we lost our uh um you know our our main runner uh in uh, uh ajayi jay ajayi and then uh you know we lost sproles soon after that um, and in the defensive backfield started you know dropping like flies we by week 6 uh, three out of the four starters on the defensive backfield uh, were gone. Uh, Derek Barnett went down. Uh, you know we uh, um, you know, we lost uh, uh, Sidney Jones in the backfield. Uh, you know Jalen Mills went down. Uh, you know so key guys. We even had uh, Jordan Hicks out uh, for a few games there. Um, you know key guys on, on that line went down. Uh, but you know. With adversity, uh, you know, you, you can you can find strength, and that's what we ended up doing. It was a slow start to try to recover from those injuries, uh, but we were able to get some of the younger guys, some of the newer guys in the locker room, uh, guys like Razul Douglas, uh, you know, guys like uh, Avante Maddox, uh, Cravon LeBlanc, uh, those guys in there, George, you know, we lost Ronald Darby as well. One of the better, uh, um, you know, cornerbacks in the game. These guys had to step in and, and play positions that they maybe had never played before, you know, at any level. 
uh, Avante Maddox came into to the the Philly uh, you know franchise as a cornerback, but he can play safety now. He can play at both positions, which is something that our defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz loves. He loves to take guys and have them that can you know step in where they're needed. So if there's an opportunity where Maddox uh, may need to step uh, back to safety, uh, but still have to to cover a guy, uh, he, he can do that. So you know we were able to get some of these younger guys, and as as we progressed throughout the season. Uh, they also progressed in, in where they were, and it ended up, um, you know, being an embarrassment of riches when you go into the uh, to the off season here, because we've got so many guys uh, that that can play at a high level and uh, on the defensive side of the ball, especially in that defensive backfield. Uh, we weren't, we really didn't need much uh, when it came to picking up guys. Uh, it, this offseason back there, we did sign uh, we did sign Andrew Sandejo uh, at safety. Uh, so he's going to come in and he's going to you know add some depth there at a high level. Um, you, you know, so we've got him. Uh, we got him throughout the offseason. We had some other guys leave that were kind of key to us. Um, first, uh, Jordan Hicks left and signed in Arizona. Uh, he's going to be a, a, a big spot, a big hole left. I think that uh, Zach Brown coming over from Washington is going to help out with that. Um, you know, then we, we lost Michael Bennett. He went to, to uh, New England. Uh, but that opened up a spot for us, and, and we got in uh, Malik Jackson uh, out of Jacksonville. And what that actually does is allow a guy like Fletcher Cox, who played on the end a lot last year. Now, he, he was our double-digit sack guy. Uh, but it allows him to move back to the inside and play his natural position, which also will allow Brandon Graham to play more on the outside. And that's another another position. Vinny Curry is back with us. Uh, you know, a defensive end, we might have lost uh, a guy like Chris Long uh, to retirement. Uh, we might have lost a guy like Haloti Nada. Uh, to retirement who is playing rugby right now out in Utah so if you're out there or able to watch any rugby check him out uh, he's uh he, he retired from football to play rugby I, I love that guy it's that's that's pretty awesome um, so we have a rotation that that we do on the defensive line uh, you know it, it, some of it was was due to injuries but we've got Five guys that could come in at any time and play at a high level. Josh Sweat is a guy that was a rookie last year. He's put on some weight to add to strength uh, coming off the edge. I, I, I think he's going to have a big year. Vinny Curry's back in the fold. We'll have Derek Barnett back. He's still doing a little bit of rehab, but but he looked good in camp. Um, you know, And then on the other side, Brandon Graham, and we drafted Sharif Miller out of Penn State, and everybody's saying that he's doing a good job picking up the defense. Um, you know, the other new faces that we have, uh, LJ Fort, uh, he, he's going to try to help out in coverage at the linebacker position. Um, you know, when, when you look at camp and what's going on there uh, in Philadelphia, the guys that were hurt last year, like a Jalen Mills, um, you know, and uh, uh, Rodney McLeod, Sidney Jones, those guys are names that may have lost their jobs because of them being hurt. Uh, names like Razul Douglas, Avante Maddox, the Cravon LeBlanc, 
those guys, even Josh Hawkins, uh, those guys are actually surpassing the level that a Sidney Jones played at when he was healthy or Jalen Mills ended up playing at, you know, when he was healthy. So, you know, this is this has opened up some more doors for for guys that uh, that were struggling to make the team last year uh, to actually get some some good playing time and, uh, um, you know, actually learn how to play this position at a high level. And it's going to help them with their career because, you know, if they can step in when needed and never played a minute in the NFL uh, like a guy like Razul Douglas. I mean, yeah, he was a uh, third round draft pick in, in uh, 2017, but he still didn't play very much. Uh, but when he was inserted in there, it, it was a it was a steep learning curve. But but he definitely did it, and he did it at a high level, especially going into the playoffs. Uh, which you know, I'll get more to to that as well. Uh, you know, we lost uh, uh, Carson Wentz again last year to a back injury. Um, he we finished out the season nine and seven. Uh, we still ended up making the playoffs, just like the Dallas Cowboys. We uh, we lost uh, in, in the divisional round, and uh, um, Nick Foles came in late to to save the season once again. He's not with us. Uh, Carson Wentz is back. Uh, Foles went down to Jacksonville, and I'm really proud of him getting down there and getting him a uh, um, you know a starting job like he definitely deserves. Uh, Wentz, uh, a lot of questions going into the offseason about his injury. When it was first reported, they said that it would just be weeks uh, needed to, to have that back heal, and it took months. I mean, we were going into May with questions. And so now all those questions have been answered. Not, And I'm not even talking about the uh, the contract. I'm talking about the 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 doctors have released him. They take all limitations off of him. Uh, he can perform at, 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 at every level, uh, anything they need him to do. He can throw the ball deep. He can put, you know, a lot of sauce on it. Uh, you know, whatever he needs to do, he can go out there and do it. So that's really good that we've got him back uh, at 100%. Because let's be honest, coming off of that ACL tear last year, if you paid any attention to that, you knew that he came back too early. I think we pushed him out there too early, and, and you know I think that even though it was a back injury that we lost him to, uh, I think that it could have uh, you know led to that because he was out there on a brace, and, and if anybody that's ever worn a brace on any part of your body, you know you still give whether you've got a brace on or not. You still give and you still watch out, and it still changes the way that you move. And I think that that could have led to the uh, the stress fracture in his back. Um, you know. Uh, we we lost uh, like I said before Jay Ajayi Darren Sproles is not with us this year so the backfield was hurt uh, big time last year uh, but guys uh, like Corey Clement Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams came in now you know we had three guys back there and we never really got a really good run game uh, going at, at any point throughout the season. Uh, Josh Adams was our top runner with uh, over 500 yards, but that's that's not saying a lot. Um, but over the off season, we did do something to well, a couple of things actually to to help remedy that. We traded for Jordan Howard, and we drafted Miles Sanders, uh, Saquon Barkley's backup uh, out of Penn State. Now, you know when you hear the word backup, you think, ah, well, you know he's not as good. We'll look at it. He was behind 
Saquon Barkley. Uh, but, you know, this guy is a really determined uh, dude. He, he's really dedicated. Uh, he was told by his coaching staff they, that they were like, if you want to transfer, you can transfer. But I tell you what, if you sit behind him and you learn what he does and learn what he can do and take your time, be patient, uh, you know, you'll be able to do this at a high level. And uh, we drafted him in the second round. Uh, when he, uh, when it finally was his turn, he did just that. He he went out there and performed at a very high level. So we're happy to have him in Philadelphia. Um, you know, looking at this uh, this offense, uh, we got Deshaun Jackson back. Uh, Jason Peters is healthy again. We uh, re-signed a, a few guys on the offensive line. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo. Uh, he's a key person. He, he he plays left guard, but he can also slide uh, to the center spot if something happens with Kelsey. And we got Kelsey, like I said, for another year. Um, you know, so those were key positions that we needed to make sure that we had uh, soared up. We uh, uh, re-signed Steve Wisniewski, Wisniewski. So, you know, adding some depth to that offensive line. Uh, drafted Andre Dillard to to learn how to be the next Jason Peters. Which uh, coming out of camp, they said that uh, is going is going famously. Uh, you know, Peters is out there at a hundred percent, but uh, you know, not only is he you know performing at, at the normal Jason Peters level, he's also helping Andre Dillard learn the uh, the offense and learn what it takes to be a left tackle. Um, there there is a little bit of uh, a negative coming out of the offensive line, though. Matt Pryor was injured uh, late last year and. He's not been able to get in there and do a lot. Um, he's done some things privately uh, just by himself, but uh, he, he's a guy that could lose his spot. Um, you know, we've got a lot of depth there on the offensive line, but it, it, uh, it disturbs me a little bit that Pryor may end up being one of those guys that, you know, ends up losing his job. Um, you know, we got, we got Vitae. Lane Johnson's back. Brandon Brooks is at the right guard position. Jason Ke- uh, Kelsey, like I said before, uh, Sayamalo, Jason Peters, uh, Andre Dillard to back him up, and Steven Wisniewski, Anthony Fabiano is is back there at the the backup uh, center spot. Matt Pryor is still you know the, the backup right guard, but you know fact is is if he loses his spot, then Wisniewski can step in there if, if needed at all. So you know we're not really worried about the offensive line we've got good depth so that's that's good but you know we would rather have prior performing at 100 percent. one of the key positions uh on this team is wide receiver and i already mentioned deshaun jackson being back in the fold but we also drafted uh one of the better def- uh you know uh, wide outs uh in the draft this year jj arcega whiteside and at least in T-shirts and shorts, he is performing at a wonderful rate. Uh, they have run uh, quite a few red zone drills, and Arcega is is you know from what they what they've said, JJ's been able to get the separation that he needs, even in a red zone type of situation. Uh, high points the ball very well, and, and has only uh, missed from what what I read anyhow only missed on two throws and that's when uh uh Wentz tried to test him to see exactly how high he he could actually jump and uh he, he missed those because they were overthrows now when you look at this roster there are going to be a lot of guys that you know uh you know Alshon Jeffrey is going to be there you know Deshaun Jackson's going to be there you know Nelson Aguilar is going to be there 
J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, we just drafted him. Those are going to be your four top dudes. But when you look past that, there's going to be other names that if even if you are on the peripheral of a, of a Philadelphia Eagle, if you're a fan of another team in the NFC East, you're going to recognize the name Shelton Gibson. You're going to recognize the name Mac Hollins. Uh, and you may uh, recognize the name Charles Johnson uh, from you know his previous stint uh, in the NFL. And if you watch the AAF, uh, you definitely saw him there. Uh, you know, he was a standout wideout. I believe that's why we were giving him a shot. This guy actually has a legitimate chance to make our roster. And if he doesn't make our roster, he will catch on somewhere. Uh, another name that is on, uh, on our roster right now uh, is Braxton Miller. Uh, if you don't know who that is, just, uh, you know, tune in a couple of years ago, uh, in Ohio state, you'll see this guy playing, uh, um, playing quarterback. So he's learning the position. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a little further, further around, but he's a guy that has a name that you recognize that might end up missing. Uh, I don't know that he's going to catch on. Because uh, we've got guys like Mark and Michelle, Charles Johnson behind him, even DeAndre Tompkins, a uh, undrafted free agent, uh, undrafted rookie free agent that that might end up, you know, depending on how many wide receivers we keep. Uh, we've gone into the season before with seven. Don't put it past Philadelphia to do that again. Uh, I don't really see it happening, but you know, th- there's a possibility. You've got those top four that you know we're going to have. And then Mac Hollins is a staple in Philadelphia. He helps out on special teams. Shelton Gibson is another guy that that helps out when needed. He fills a spot. He's a role player, if you will. Uh, so who else is there going to be? Because that's six. So you got guys like Braxton Miller, Greg Ward Jr., who was another quarterback that changed to a, a wide receiver. He was a quarterback at the University of Houston. Uh, and then, like I said, Charles Johnson is a, is a name that you know. Uh, so there's going to be some guys that you know that may not make the final cut. We'll go back to the running back position right now, and the same situation is going on there. You know, we lost two key guys, Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles, to injury last year, and those guys are gone. So that's two holes that needed to be filled, and a lot of people kind of thought that that was going to happen with the guys that, that were on the roster, and maybe we'll pick up somebody else. We ended up picking up Jordan Howard, like I mentioned earlier, and Miles Sanders. Uh, but also, there's another guy that that is, you know, getting a lot of a lot of attention in camp right now, and that's a guy named Boston Scott. Uh, he's got the same kind of build, same kind of frame as Darren Sproles. I'm not going to put him on that level because the dude is young, uh, but he is he's doing things in the return game that remind you a whole lot of Darren Sproles. So look for Boston Scott. Uh, to be another running back uh, to to make this team, and first man out is a guy that might be you know a little bit of a surprise because he was our leading rusher last year, and that's Josh Adams. He's not progressing like they thought he would in the passing game. Look, he only caught seven balls out of the backfield last year, and when you put Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement together, you get the stats of Jordan Howard out of Chicago last year. So we're looking for a guy that can do that kind of thing, catch the ball out of the backfield. And if Adams is not up to par, uh, then he's just not going to cut it. And he's going to be a name that people know that's going to be you know, a free agent once the season gets started. 
you know, the Deshaun Jackson speed is there. That's 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 one thing that uh, you know the the quarterbacks are talking about. Uh, Wentz went for like 15 minutes during one of the pressers after after a practice about the speed of Deshaun Jackson and, and how easy it is to throw it to him. Uh, and uh, um, JJ Arcega Whiteside uh, even mentioned that uh, you know he's a really good teammate. Uh, to have Deshaun Jackson back in the locker room, which I'll be completely honest, I was wondering if that was going to be an issue. Uh, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we all know the uh, the the attitude that Deshaun has portrayed before, and I was wondering how humble he would be uh, when he came back to this locker room. But it turns out that might be you know something I can forget about. Uh, you talk about tight ends, obviously Zach Ertz. You know he's top two in the game, if you ask me. Uh, you know, he might be behind Jay, uh, Travis Kelsey, Jason's brother. Um, uh, I, you know, I'm a Philly fan, so Zach Ertz is number one. But honestly, you know, as a football guy, uh, as a whole, uh, you know, you're not beating out Travis Kelsey right now. But Zach Ertz is a real close second. But the thing about it is we got a guy that is that, that is still turning heads this year like he did during his first offseason with us, and that's Dallas Goddard. Uh, he's going to be a superstar. And to have both of those guys uh, on the same squad that we can put out there at the same time, this is going to confuse defenses, and I'm going to love it. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a thing to watch. Uh, Carson loves throwing the tight ends, especially if they you know they show they can be trustworthy. And 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 from what I can tell, you know even this off season, uh, that's Dallas Goddard. Uh, speaking of the quarterbacks. Uh, We've got Nate Sudfeld, who's been there for a couple of years. We just drafted uh, Clayton Thorson, uh, Thorson out of uh, Northwestern. And we also signed journeyman Cody Kessler. A lot of people are high on Kessler. They, they expect him uh, to uh, supplant Sudfeld for that backup position, but I don't see it. Uh, Sudfeld has played, you know, obviously very limited. Uh, he, he knows our system. Uh, he's come up in the NFL in this system. Uh, he, he's, he's been there, uh, on the team. He's not been cut and returned or, or put on the practice squad and back. Uh, he's a guy that's been there in the locker room this whole time. Like I said, he knows the system and can come in and, and perform when needed. Uh, Kessler is, you know, one of the top guys when you think about a backup position, uh, so he will be an asset to somebody. Uh, you, when you talk about having an odd man out in the locker room, I believe that you know even though Kessler may, as a quality quarterback, be better than Nate Sudfeld, I think for us for, in Philadelphia, Sudfeld beats him out because of his you know familiarity with the playbook and 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 the team, the the players on the team. Uh, I, I think we let Kessler go so that he can catch on somewhere else. Uh, and we keep the rookie uh, to to add the depth uh, to that position. You know, I talked earlier about uh, uh, about the defense, and you know, like I told you, Josh Sweat on defensive end, a guy that you may not have heard yet because he didn't play a whole lot last year, uh, but he put on some weight, like I said, and I think that he's going to have a breakout year. Uh, you know, our linebackers, Kamu Grugier Hill, uh, you know, he's uh, he's still what he was before. Zach Brown has been a surprise. Now, I know, Steve, we've talked about him before, uh, but, you know, Jordan Hicks for me was one of the better middle linebackers, and, and, and getting somebody to fill that hole was, was something that I was worried about. 
from what I can tell, uh, hearing Jim Schwartz talk about him so far through camp, it's not anything that I need to worry about anymore. Uh, we got Nigel Bradham. He's one of the guys that's going into the last year of his contract, so we need to see what we're going to do with him, but we do have a club option. Uh, uh, another guy going into the last year of his contract is Ronald Darby, but again, we have a club option on him. Um, so I, I'm not real sure what we're going to do there. It was actually a little bit of a surprise that we got him back this year. I really thought he might leave, but he did sign one more, uh, one more year with us. Uh, you know, I also mentioned getting uh, Sendejo over from Minnesota. He's he's a he's a guy that signed a one year deal. So you know, we've got to figure out what we're going to do with him. Vinny Curry and Timmy Jernigan are other other guys that are here on a one year deal. So got to figure out what we're going to do with them. But I believe that at the end of the season, you know, we're going to see that you know, these guys are going to be dudes that are going to step up and, and make plays. Uh, Trey Sullivan is a name, if you know Philadelphia. Uh, he's another guy that's on this defense that may end up not having a job uh, at the end of camp um, just because of, the, play, uh, uh, of the, the performance that we've got back there. You know, I, I mentioned, you know, embarrassment of riches, and that's what we've got in the defensive backfield, you know. We've got guys like Jeremiah McKinnon that may not make the uh, that may not make it. Uh, DeAndre Hall may not make it. Uh, Blake Countess, who we signed from L.A., uh, he, he may not make it. Uh, Josh Hawkins, you know, he played a little bit for us last year. He may not make it. You know, we can only keep a, a certain amount of people back there. And, and the guys that stepped in, like I mentioned before, Razul Douglas, Avante Maddox, Cravon LeBlanc, those guys are are doing doing the thing so you know if Sidney Jones gets healthy and Jalen Mills gets that foot healthy you know and then to have those guys just you know sitting in the weeds just waiting uh, it's going to be a dangerous thing uh, to come against our, our defensive backfield even if we were to uh, you know sustain injury again to our starters uh, you know I don't really have anything you know to worry about one thing that, uh, uh, on that topic, uh, we we ended our relationship with the the team doctor, the the, the head team physician, uh, and we changed to a guy from uh, the you know Penn Hospital. Um, but the thing about that is, a lot of guys were, were were talking about how you know that was a reflection uh, of you know the injuries because we saw a thirty percent uptick in injuries last year from twenty seventeen. And that's not something that you want to see. Uh, uh, one big thing that the that the training staff does is help with preventative medicine to help these guys get their bodies, like Steve was talking about with Saquon Barkley, into the shape so that they don't get injured. And I don't mean into shape. I mean like into the shape that you can get out there and you can play football and not get these injuries that make you miss games. Sure, everybody gets banged up here and there. Uh, but to miss a season in the third week of the season uh, is not something that you want to see. But the fact remains is the guy that was actually the head team physician at the time knew that he went into that position as an interim uh, uh, guy. He was not ever going to be there long term. So I don't see that move as anything as surprising. But uh, coming into the season, we had a lot of question marks. What are we going to do? Uh, with the running game, I think we've answered that. How are our guys going to look in the back end? I think we've a, a, you know answered that as well. Uh, is 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 Carson Wentz going to be healthy? That's been answered. Um, how are these rookies going to play? 
and from from our draft picks, from from Sharif Miller to Miles Sanders to JJ Arcega Whiteside, they're answering those questions now. We got to see how they look and how they perform uh, in camp in pads. But you know, going into training camp, uh, I don't think we go in with a lot of questions. The main ones for me are: Is Jalen Mills going to be ready? Is Sidney Jones going to be ready? Or are those two guys going to be, you know, filled in for Razul Douglas and uh, um, Cravon LeBlanc? Are those guys going to be the ones to step up and show that, uh, you know, last year their success wasn't a fluke? And exactly how are we going to break down this this backfield? Who's going to be the odd man out? Because you can't keep you can't keep six guys. You just can't. Not in the backfield. Uh, so somebody's somebody's going to be gone. Donnell Pumphrey's another guy that's on the roster right now that people know, but he looks like he might be headed to the practice squad again. He's just not not stepping up and doing what needs to be done to beat out Boston Scott. So uh, you know it, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, once again, you know I, I think that this division is going to be close to, you know, it. it, it Kind of just depends on how the how the chips fall and, and how he, injuries go throughout the year. You know, obviously being a Philadelphia Eagle fan, I think we're going to win the division. But I think that we've got it on paper and we're going to show it on the field that, that we are a team that can win the division. Um, and I think the depth uh, at at the key positions. I mean, you can you can look up and down this roster. Linebacker is one spot that troubles me, but I think we'll be all right there too. Um, I think that we can show it. Uh, that we can win this division this year. Uh, you know, we were one game out last year from doing it, and uh, that was with a decimated roster. So, you know, get us healthy, and we're going to be a force. I'm talking, you know, we might be back to 2017-2018 uh, uh, type play, but we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited uh, about camp starting. It just means that we're getting closer uh, to, to the actual football uh, but also watching what goes on with the soap opera training camp is something that I'm really, really looking forward to, Steve. Let me let me ask you this: is is a productive training camp from Carson Wentz? Is that the most important thing that Eagles fans need to see in their training camp? I think for a lot of fans, it is. Uh, you know, because it. Training camp last year wasn't much for Carson because he was limited with the knee. Uh, I think being able to see him out there with no brace on, uh, no restrictions, uh, I think that'll put a lot of the uh, you know the worry to bed uh, for, for most of the Philly fans. Yep, I, I agree. And uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll say this. You know, I I I saw Carson Wentz move around. Um, I don't know if it was OTAs or, or what it was, you know, the, the prior year. Um, some, it was, and, and I'll tell you, like, I, I saw him again move around, like, you know, when they had, like, highlights even in training camp. Um, he just he just didn't seem, like, to me, like, they were talking about they were moving him on, that he was moving along well, but he still seemed like he just wasn't, like, moving. Like, he was hobbled by, you know, the, the injury still. And yeah, no, you, you kind of said something before, which is, you know, you know, how does that, you know, how does that ACL, you know, transition now into a back injury? And, you know, your whole body is connected. You know, you come back too early from that injury. You know, you can't use your knee properly. You can't stabilize your hip and, you know, that that messes with your back. So, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you come back from an injury too early. I mean, you know, there's, 
you know, other other risks involved there. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I'm going to come back and wrap it up and give you uh, give you a training camp preview in terms of what we can expect from from the Washington Redskins uh, in 2019. And we're back here on the Pro Football Scouting Show. This is Steve Fishkin, aka Steve the Scout. Uh, we've been we've been joined uh, in in this long radio show that we have uh, by Josh Davis, Austin Smith. Um, you know, to to really to really go over you know what we can expect in terms of training camp preview for all the teams in the in the NFC East. Um, so you know, let's let's talk quickly about you know the the Washington Redskins and, and really. You know, going you know going back and look looking looking at the Redskins season last year, you know there are there's a lot that went wrong, but there are some things that went right. First of all, um, what went wrong last year is a lot of injuries. You know, Alex Smith at the quarterback position, and along the offensive line, and really, um, you know, I, I thought the biggest problem last year really was just the offensive line. You know, not you know not being not being healthy. Um, when you look at, you know, what the Redskins have on paper um, for that offensive line, they have good players there. There's no doubt their defense is going to be good. I'll get into that in a bit. There's there's just there's just no no question there. Um, you know, they'll have they'll have one of the best front sevens in the NFL. But I really want to see uh, I really think, you know, uh, and, and here's the thing with it, with this offensive line right now is that, you know, we don't know what the status is. I mean, Trent. Trent Williams wants a new contract. Morgan Moses wasn't there, but but you look at you look at really what you know what went wrong. It, it was the injuries in the offensive line. Um, the things that went really well for them is um, you know looking looking at looking at this looking at this front seven, uh, and then looking looking at the running back position. Yeah, you know they lost Darius Geis, but Adrian Peterson showed that he can still play this game. Uh, and then you know Darius Geis, if he can come back this year, can be productive. Um, still allow Adrian Peterson to get in there, uh, you know, really have a bit of a two-headed monster that way. Maybe ease in Darius Geis, uh, but still, you know, give him a, give him a dose of AP. I think that can that can be a good recipe for, for success. But you got to feel like, you know, even with adding Adrian Peterson, with with him doing so well, Redskins fans are thinking, oh, we have Darius Geis back. We can, you know, we can potentially use both of them. So, you know, you started to see some some good stuff that can happen there. Uh, but really, you know, this this front seven played really well, despite, you know, Jonathan Allen's injury. Um, he was he was reunited with his uh, his Alabama teammate, Deron Payne. And, uh, you know, these guys, um, you know, when you want to talk about, um, two, you know, two two guys, you know, peanut butter and jelly that'll work really well together on, on the defensive line. I'll get into these guys in a second. Uh, it's it's Payne and Allen. They complement each other very well. They did it in Alabama. Um, but you know, it, it, unless they, unless they can really, you know, you know, get some stability here on the offensive line, get Trent Williams in there, Morgan Moses, Brandon Sheriff, you know, they, they have, they have good players on that offensive line. Uh, I believe that if this offensive line, uh, is healthy and plays together this year and does a good job, uh, that's gonna, that's gonna be the key to everything because, you look at you look at the quarterback position here. Everyone's talking about you know they got Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be a really good NFL quarterback. But I spent a lot of time evaluating him, and he's 
He's not a he's not a guy he's not a guy that can overcome a bad offensive line. He's just not. Um, is now can he pick up a blitz? Yeah, he's smart. But you know, in terms of his internal clock and the way he operates as a quarterback, he's not a he's not. And you can go back in the tape and watch this. He's not a guy that can really over over overcome you know bad offensive line play because. He's a guy that, um, you know, right now, you know, it takes him a little while, takes him a little while to set his feet. Um, and, you know, he, he's, you know, he's not someone that's going to extend a lot of plays with his legs. He, he can definitely get outside the pocket and make some throws. But um, I, I think, you know, if you look at the success of Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, the success, you know, of, the, of these young running backs, I think so much of that is going to is going to hinge on this offensive line. And I'll go as far as to say this is that if this offensive line plays plays really well this year, um, they can win the division. And I think this is a playoff team. I really do. Um, you 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 look at you look at what John Gruden. I mean, you know, John Gruden and, and what they have there in terms of you know coaching going into this year. Um, you know, John Gruden deserves a lot more credit. You know, than than than, than what than what he's what he's gotten. Um, I think even, you know, when you look at, you know, some of the, you know, look at Kirk Cousins and his college football, we all thought of him more as like a, not a big arm guy, you know, game manager, but, you know, he, Kirk Cousins, you know, they found a lot of opportunity for him to spin the deep ball in that offense. So it is a West coast, but don't, you know, you know, I don't want to put too much stigma on that because everyone has a West coast offense nowadays, but, but I think, you know, seeing that offense, how it functions, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I think, is going to be incredibly good in that offense. And what we're hearing out of, you know, um, out of OTAs is, is that, you know, and even minicamp is that uh, he's 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 been he's been astounding. And I think um, likely, you know, he is going to play sometime in their in their rookie year. I thought Case Keenum, you know, a couple of years ago in Minnesota did a really good job there. But at the but at the end of the day, you know, this is Dwayne Haskins team. Um, and, you know, quarter, you know, when you get a guy in a first round starting quarterback and you have a starting quarterback that's turning into a journeyman, those guys are on a short leash. So I think, um, you know, and I think there's a good chance that, you know, there'll be a QB competition and, you know, Haskins could come away winning that. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. They've said they don't want to rush it. But of course, that's what everyone says. we got to see what actually happens. But, you know, again, you know, it just goes back to this offensive line. Dwayne Haskins, um, you know, in terms of in terms of, you know, what he can do, he can do a lot of very similar in a lot of ways, you know, to even what I saw from Josh Rosen, you know, um, the, the, you know, you have these quarterbacks that really, um, if you don't give them time to sit in the pocket, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's hard, it's hard for them. But uh, I think um, you protect Haskins, you know, I, I, I think he reminds me a lot, you know, of a, you know, a younger Ben Roethlisberger, not quite as mobile, uh, but you know, in terms of, in terms of what he brings to the game as a passer, uh, I think it could, could be pretty comparable. So, um, you, you know, I, I think, I think on defense is, is really the air is really, you're going to talk about, you know, um, what, you know, what, what I'm excited to hear about. Yeah. I'm excited to hear about the offensive line, but I want to hear, I want to hear about this defense because, um, you look at, you look at what they have, uh, up front right now, um, on, on this defense. Uh, they have they have Jonathan Allen, and you know Jonathan Allen is to me was a can't miss prospect. Uh, he was he 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 was a, he was a guy that was was explosive out of a stance, play the inside or the outside, really really strong at at the at the point of attack, 
and uh, you know had a na- nasty club move and, and just just a guy that was just had a, a phenomenal motor and in terms of athletic upside uh, and production, you know it was it was all there. Um, you look at you look at Deron Payne and the athleticism that he has as a nose tackle. Both of these guys, you know, coming out of Alabama, teammates there. Um, you know, this is this is one of the most devastating, you know, one-two combos that's that's on a defensive line, and they're really not even talked about all that much. Um, and then you look at what they have on the outside. You know, Josh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, they really lost a good uh, middle linebacker in, in Zach Brown. I, I believe that. Um, you know he's one of the most underrated ones in the game, but you, you look at um, look at Ryan Kerrigan, thirteen sacks last year. He's still he's still doing that. You get you get Montez Sweat, opposite side of him, and they and they and they still have you know they get they get Montez Sweat opposite side of him. And in terms of you know what is Montez Sweat going to bring to the table? Um, I think um, Montez Sweat is one of those guys that I still think needs a whole boatload of coaching, but I just think that. Once he gets the coaching, he's gonna take very well to it. I mean, you could even see him, you know, at, um, you know, he can see how he did at Senior Bowl practice, and hear kind of people talk about how how he was coached up there. You know, I I just think with his upside, um, and you know what you know what I've seen on tape already, I think he's gonna transition pretty well. But he, I think he does from a technical standpoint, he definitely has a lot to work on. But you know, the upside is is pretty pretty outrageous there. I mean, he ran the fastest 40 in the history, uh, you know, for, for defensive linemen. So you look at that front seven, you look at Ryan Kerrigan, you, you look at, you know, Ioannidis, you, you look at Payne, you look at Allen, um, you know, you look at, you know, um, what their, you know, what their middle linebacker core, you know, look, you know, looks like they, they got, they got, they got good, they got good players there, but ultimately, um, you know, I, I think when you look at Mason Foster, John Bostick, they're going to have they'll be able to get it done. And then they brought in Landon Collins really where I think the weakness for this defense really is the back end, because, you know, look, Landon Collins still, still coming off sh- sh- uh, shoulder surgery. Um, and then in terms of, you know, um, the cornerback, you know, you have Josh Norman, but you're going to need some other guys to step up. So I think um, if there's going to be, you know, an Achilles heel to this team, I think it's going to be, you know, the overall play of the secondary. I mean, you know, and who do they have, you know, um, you know, how well is the secondary going to play? They could, it could surprise, could surprise me there. And, and that, and that offensive line. Um, so I think if, if those are, if those are non-issues and this team stays healthy, um, they could be a very, very dangerous team, uh, you know, in, in two, in 2019. And, and I'll say the number one thing I want to see in training camp out of them is going to be is going to be this this offensive line, um, you know, being there, um, you know, being there, playing together, being healthy, um, and and you know, and, and seeing and seeing exactly, you know, seeing exactly what kind of output you get because I think um, when you when you look at again their offensive line, um, this this is the key to, this is the key to their entire entire success in 2019, uh, if you ask me, and uh, I think the biggest thing I want to see. Uh, you know, out of out of Redskins camp. So uh, that is going to wrap up uh, everything everything we have for today. Uh, coming up uh, next on the Pro Football Scouting Show uh, and on PigskinNutRadio.com, we are going to break down uh, the AFC East uh, and go over the teams there and give you a training camp preview of all four teams. Uh, for Steve the Scout, Steve Fishkin, Josh Davis, Austin Smith. 
Um, and uh, and David Sayers, who's uh, Sailors, who's uh, going to be joining us uh, on the next episode, talking about the New, Eng- the New England Patriots. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. This show is brought to you by PigskinNut.com and PigskinNutRadio.com. This is the football news and the football radio that you've been missing. Until next time.